and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word, with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and this month we have been discussing relationships, toxic ones, healthy ones, and now how to form friendships. We have Kim Weir back with us today to discuss her book, The Art of Friendship, Creating and Keeping Relationships That Matter. Kim is an author, speaker, humor columnist, and radio talk show host on the country's number one Christian radio station, KSBJ Houston. She is also a Bible teacher and women's ministry director. Bringing her own perspective as a wife, mother, and professional, Kim has been sharing the experience of walking in faith with other women for 20 years. She lives in East Texas with her husband. Welcome back, Kim. This is our second conversation. I feel like we're we're making a friendship, Denise. <laughs> yes, I was thinking the same thing. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the scripture for this episode is taken from Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. I shared this verse as well as bad company corrupts good morals with my children over and over again as they were growing up, because I knew that our choice of friends matters and can profoundly affect our lives. You mentioned this in your book as well, that if if we want friendships that will fuel our body, mind, and soul in a way that helps us move forward, we need to fill up with the right kind of friendships. I think some people listening are hoping there will be something magical that you can share that will help them to better make friends because it can be so hard and lonely at times. I've told my children to be the type of friend they want to have, to be the type of friend they want to have. But sometimes that can become a one-sided proposition where you feel like you pour yourself out all the time. Do you have any advice for those listening, how to cultivate real relationships where you share life together? So I love the words you said, cultivate. That would be one of the keys. It's not a matter of scatter seed and walk away. A cultivation requires input, effort, participation, and that's not something we do very well anymore. We're so busy. Uh, we just, we, we on one instant everything, you know. I, I've yet to try the grocery pickup at the store where you order it online, but I'm gonna because I, <laughs> I want instant everything too. Uh, so part of it is cultivate. But let me just speak to that um, dynamic where you said sometimes we get in these relationships and they feel one-sided. Uh, that's Okay. There are three kinds of friendships that really should be part of our lives. And that's what brings balance. You know, the only thing we talked uh, in the previous episode about this idea of of numbers and more. Well, there is this sense of you do need more than one friend. This BFF is an illusion. There is no best friend forever that's going to satisfy you completely, that's going to meet all of your needs. And if you go for that, if you're aiming for that, you will be disappointed and disillusioned. And it will cause you then to draw back because they didn't meet your expectations. They failed you. When the reality is you failed in your expectations, that's too much pressure to put on one person. They can't be everything to you. Um, And so cultivating a a more than one friendship, a broad base of friends is key. But when you do that, there should be three kinds of friendships that come out of that. Yes, you want those balanced friendships where you give and you take and they give and they take. And even in that though, sometimes you're going to give a little more. Sometimes you're going to give a little less. It'll never be 50-50, but it will be balanced. But in addition Mm. to that, Denise, if we're modeling our call of friendship after the doctrine of friendship, after Jesus's model of friendship, 
then we are going to have unbalanced relationships. We are going to have relationships where we give more because somebody needs more. They need to be heard. They need to be seen. They lack either the maturity or the capacity to fuel what we need, but we give anyway because that's what Christ did because that's what they need. That's the calling of a friend. A friend is not, what do I get? Truly, a friend is, what do I give? And then leaving what you get in God's hands. He will bring those balanced relationships because guess what the other side of that is? There are times in our lives, Denise, where we're the needy one. We don't like to admit it, but goodness gracious, there are people in my life that give me way more than I'll ever give them. Mm. Uh, They are the mentors in my life. That doesn't necessarily mean they have to be older, but they are able to provide this scaffolding in my life in a way that they don't need me to do that to there. So there should be a balance of all three. And if we can let go of the BFF illusion, it's possible. Yeah, that's good. And you're really uh, calling that out as, as an illusion as well. You know, I will tell you that uh, I do do the ordering of groceries at Walmart. <laughs> Not everybody I know. <laughs> and you although, know what? Although it is social thing to go to Walmart. I see everybody I know in my small town. See, yeah, there it is. Well, and a lot of times it's this desire to be so efficient to maximize my time in the season I'm in, but I realized, huh, that's a double-edged sword. You know, you can be so efficient and nose to the grindstone that you miss things around you in relationships. You also discuss friending yourself in your book. Yeah. yeah. This is unique. Yeah. That's one of the most important keys. Yeah, the Bible says we're to love others as we love ourselves. So you think, hey, we're already loving ourselves. But I don't know that we love ourselves well. You know, why is it important that we be a friend to ourselves? One of the, well, first of all, because God has made you fearfully and wonderfully net made, mm-hmm. that He values you, that He cares for you, that He intrinsically, by His act of giving His own life for you, has declared that eternally uh, to um, denigrate yourself, to judge yourself constantly is truly to spurn what Christ has done for you. And so at the very most basic core, that's important. But let's talk about it in the concept of when it comes to the relationship with friends. If we are constantly feeling insecure and we're looking outwardly something to make up for that, to compensate we will drain our friends. They will never be able to provide what is missing in our soul. This idea of friending yourself is a spiritual activity. It is coming to see yourself as God sees you. Warts and all. I'm not saying live in denial. Uh, Denial is in the Middle East. That's not a place to be. Uh, But it is Mm -hmm. about saying, this is who I am. This is the realistic picture. This is how I have value. And this is how I conduct myself as a daughter of the king of the universe as his heir. And when I have that sense of stature, not puffed up, but in great humility, realizing I don't deserve it, man, we have so much to offer other people because we're not being the drain on their emotions to fill up our empty tank. Yes. And I think ultimately understanding our identity in Christ, and that can be a buzzword. I I recently spoke on that uh, because it is this need to understand Christ came to give us an identity that no one can minimize or diminish. We're the ones who let that happen. Uh, so I love that concept that you have there of really friending ourself. Um, you mentioned the cost factor to friendships. Friendships are an investment, and yet we can be afraid to risk not just the cost involved, but the potential for rejection. 
I love what you said in the chapter, What a Girl Wants. You can risk offering your friendship to others because you have the most meaning, meaningful friendship you cannot lose. You are secure. This is, of course, referring to our friendship with Christ. I think walking out the security can be so hard still. Can you share any tips on how to be secure? Well, again, the spending time understanding truth is is key. But Mm. the other thing is, you know, having a head knowledge and then actually working that out in practical ways are two different things. To know it alone isn't going to help. You're just going to have to be brave. One of my favorite friend stories in the Bible, and there are so many that illustrate this doctrinal concept of friendship and what it looks like in a human life, not just Christ's divine life. Um, One of the stories that I love is of Jonathan and David. And when you think about that, I know most people think of David as the hero, but I love Jonathan. I just think Jonathan is the friend hero in David's life. Uh, When David comes on the scene, Jonathan is the heir to the kingdom of of, uh, earthly kingdom that God himself has ordained, uh, Israel. And Jonathan is Saul's son and heir. And not only that, he's a war hero. He's very well esteemed. It's not like he's this sort of sad, pitiful, you know, he's a warrior. He's this, he's this great figure, this noble figure. And David comes on the scene as the shepherd boy, steals the country's heart by killing Goliath and going out to be this great soldier. But you know what? He also steals Jonathan's heart. Jonathan looks at him and recognizes this value, recognizes that he's a significant person, that God wants to do something in his life. But more than that, Scripture just says it was emotional. Jonathan loved David. We all know what it's like to have a friend that you love or somebody to be drawn to. But what's so spectacular about this story is the sacrificial nature of Jonathan's friendship. He Mm. was to be heir. And before it is obvious that God has removed Uh, the line of Saul, Jonathan surrenders his rights to be heir to David. He believes it's better to be a friend than to be a king. He sees what God's doing in Jonathan, in David's life, and he steps back because he wants his friend to be the most that God has called him to be. That, you can't do that if you're insecure. You can't work into God's plan. You can't advance God's plan in other people's lives if you're insecure. What a crown, a different kind of crown Jonathan must wear now because he worked out the will of God in his life through a friend. Yes. I think a lot of times uh, competitiveness and people seeking to be the one or the best one can keep people from having those sacrificial friendships where you really want to see the other person. You're rooting them on. It's like a kingdom mentality. And I think that can be missing sometimes. So I mentioned uh, Anne of Green Gables earlier. We just loved watching those and the different renditions of that movie that came out. But there's this longing within all of us, I think, for that bosom buddy. That Jonathan and David, uh, the person who totally gets us, a kindred soul and forever friend, you know, not two-faced, you know, all those things that we can see sometimes. And I think, though, that there's a flaw in this desire. We are typically centered on what we get out of the relationship. Kind of like you were talking about earlier, the selfie generation, someone who is all about us. And there's something better, a covenant friendship. Can, Can you discuss this in your book as well? Uh, yeah. do you, 
Do you think you hit on that already? Or Well, so this is interesting. You talk about the, the grand of Green Gables and Jonathan and David and, you know, this idea of that one close friend. And again, I hope we all have somebody that is just such a trusted advisor that they would be there no matter what. I hope we have maybe a couple of those. But if you think about those stories, Anne also had Marilla and she had, um, what's Marilla's brother's name? I'm having a mental block. <laughs> um, oh, oh, uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, I should know. <laughs> so she's, she's got them. Then she friends this you know, cranky old school teacher when she moves in to be a teacher. She's got, she's got a circle of friends. And, and David had other friends as well and close advisors. We focus in on those and miss the message. But this whole idea of, you know, uh, a covenant and this whole idea of us, again, it goes back to the original. We are made in the image of God. And from the very beginning of creation, we get hints about God's relational neighbor, nature. He says, let us make, God, uh, make man in our image. Um, we don't fully understand the usness of God, Father, mm-hmm. Son, and Holy Spirit. And there are volumes and volumes written on it that come to no form conclusion. But here's what we do know. God is relational. God is in an us community. And so it really isn't an option for us to not be in an us community if we're created after his nature. Yes. And you know what? The name was Matthew Cuthbert. Matthew. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just kicked myself. I love that. And I've got, yes. Okay. I feel okay. bad. <laughs> well, me too. I couldn't remember it either. Well, Matthew so, and Marilla. Yes. <laughs> and really how Matthew was toward Anne, you know, extremely mm-hmm. sacrificial. Um, yeah. And if we're all that way, I think sometimes we could be afraid to be that way because, well, will our needs be met? But it is being like Christ, like you mentioned earlier, laying aside our agenda, our way, uh, that we can find those friendships ourselves. Um, At the beginning of this month, we talked about toxic relationships, and this is a reality we all want to avoid. But I dare say we can all have our toxic moments. In your chapter, How to Lose a Friend in 10 Days, I think some toxic behavioral patterns are displayed. Can you unpack for us how we behave in our relationships can either make or break a friendship? One of the fabulous passages in the scripture that most of us know that really is a guide toward friendships in both of these ways um, is 1 Corinthians 13. Most of us think about it as the chapter that's read at a marriage, right? Um, But the word that's used for love there is agape. It's not for ro- it's not the romantic love. It's not the the um, the love that we sort of impart to it when we think about that passage. It is agape love. And when Jesus talks about his love as a friend, he talks about agape love. So this is actually you could say this should be our the vows that we make to each other as friends. Mm. Um, and when you look at that, it really is a guide of what to do and what not to do. Um, Love is patient. Love is kind. Okay. How do you lose a friend in 10 days? Love does not envy. Be envious. Boast. Be proud. Dishonor others. Be self-seeking. Be angered. Keep a record of wrongs. Delight when somebody else falls because it makes you feel better. Um, those, are, those are ultimately how to lose a friend. I mean, I love that movie, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Go make all the classic mistakes. Well, guess what? We got a lot of classic friend mistakes too. Mm-hmm. And if we're not willing to be a student of doctrinal friendship, then we can't expect to be that kind of friend to other people. But when you give that kind of friendship, this is the really cool thing. Our goal is 
it's a completely different mindset, um, Denise. Our goal is to go out and get friends. God's mm. goal of biblical friendship is to go out and be a friend, to reflect yes. his friendship. I mean, the goal of marriage, believe it or not, is not our happiness. It's to reflect the unity between Christ and the church. It has a very specific goal. Now, does it work itself out in companionship and love and romance? And yeah, absolutely. But what's the goal? What is it supposed to communicate into the world about God? That he has committed and lays down his life for his bride, the church. Friendship has a goal. Yes. It is the goal of reflecting the friendship of God. Don't we want to do that right? Don't we want to honor him well in that? 1 Corinthians 13 really helps give us a guide to walk through, to think about what does this look like if I apply each and every one of these points to friendship? Mm. That is so, so good. I, I do think ultimately in everything we do, we want it to be for God's glory and we can forget that. It is that inward focus. I know in well, let my- me, let me- let me yeah. just add this, Denise, as you say that. And it yeah. should be. But here's the beautiful thing about how God works. <laughs> you can never give to God that He doesn't give back tenfold. Yes. And when you invest this way, you don't have to scratch and claw to try to get it to come back to you. It will. This yes. is such a winsome and endearing way to treat other people. You will draw friendship back to you. Mm-hmm. You can trust that. Your chapter, Time to Grow Up, is such a reminder that we need to stop thinking, who will be my friend, and think instead, who can I befriend? When we stop focusing on our needs, we find our needs met. But I think we can get trapped in cycles and friendships where we can get discouraged and revert back. Do you have any advice to offer us to help us keep a healthy mindset in friendships? Well, I'd say, look at little kids. (laughs) Look at little kids and sometimes do what they do and sometimes don't do what they do because they're a lesson. I uh, was a substitute teacher when my kids were young in kindergarten. And let me just tell you, I saw all of human nature just lived out in that kindergarten room, right? You know, all the things that we struggle with, uh, uh, the desire to get even was there, the uh, idea to tattle on other people and point the finger at them, ambition as they fought to see who was going to be first in line. I mean, it's all there. And when you look at it, you go, oh, wow, ouch. There's still some reflections of that in my life. How can I grow up? Um, I love, again, just pointing back to 1 Corinthians uh, 13, because there are just some key things that can help you do that. Uh, It's not as hard as we make it. So it says that, you know, love protects How am I protecting Mm -hmm. my friends? Because that's a mature thing to do. It hopes. When things don't turn out the way I want, is my hope set in the right place? It believes and it perseveres. That is a mature attitude toward relationships. And let me just tell you this thing. Yeah. But all relationships, whether it's your marriage relationships, your relationship with your mother, your boss, your coworker, all of them on some level have aspects of friendship to them. So all that we've been talking about applies, if you take take those principles of biblical friendship and you apply them in those relationships, you're going to see an impact there too. It's not just about the BFF or the circle of friends. It's about how do you friend your spouse better? How do you friend your mom better? What would it look like if you could friend your adult children instead of treating them like they're still, you know, 12? How can you transition by applying some of these things? So um, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty portable. You can use these principles of friendship in almost every relationship. 
Yes, you definitely can. And I'll tell you, um, having four kids in college, I've been getting lots of practice on that. You know, you can kind of like you mentioned at the beginning of, I guess it was our first episode, you talked about friendship isn't once and done. That is a challenge because we can kind of grow comfortable and we can forget that we do need to be in that pursue mode also of considering others. Um, one scripture that I have really thought a lot about this past year, one passage is Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. And it's, I'm writing a book right now this year about uh, mindsets, and it's really an important part of healthy relationships. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. To have the same mindset of Christ, of serving others, putting them first, this helps us to be a better friend. Kim, do you have any last bit of wisdom or any last thoughts you'd like to share with us? Go first. That would be my advice. Go first. Don't sit around waiting for somebody to initiate and pursue you. That is not the model of biblical friendship. God went first. He went first. He came after us. He said, I'll be your friend. Yes, you're acting like my enemy. Yes, you're acting like a petulant child and you don't deserve it. I'm going to go first. He loved, we love him because he first loved us. Apply that toward the people around you. Love them first and trust that God will create loving friendships in return. It, it takes courage and it is a risk and you might get your hand bit occasionally, but we know how that turned out for Christ. The goal isn't to be popular, liked, or I hate to say it, even happy. It is to understand the value that God places and putting us in relationships with other people. So much good will come from it, but somebody's got to go first. Let it be you. Oh, that's so good. And I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't turning around counting heads to see how many were following him, right? <laughs> and, and, many, and many fell away, and he just kept loving and going first. That's it. Well, it has been such a joy to have you with us. Where can people find you? I hope they will. So we've got, uh, this book is out. It's called The Art of Friendship. It's kind of a, a deep dive, a lot of fun, funny stories, but just a lot of really practical help that we've given you a foretaste of. But also you can find me at kimweir.com. It's I before E, except after C. So it's W-I-E-R, kimweir.com. And of course, you can stream live Sunday Night Live, which is my talk show at ksbj.org. How fun. I'll have to check that out. So the raw truth is that to find a good friend, we have to be one. The radical grace is, when we fail as a friend, we can be forgiven. And the real hope is, we always have a friend in Christ. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. 